Guardians of the Galaxy 3 has had a very long road to being on screen uh, from James Gunn being fired to rehired now as a worker for both Marvel and DC after doing the Suicide Squad and now James Gunn exiting Marvel altogether to make films for the DC universe. How does James Gunn end his tenure at Marvel? Well, that's what we're here to discuss. This is your Comics Pals review of Guardians of the Galaxy 3. We are the Comics Pals. We have a full house on deck today. We're going to be talking all things Guardians. We're going to let you guys know in full spoilers how we feel about it. So if you haven't seen the movie yet and you are worried about that, you're definitely going to want to jump because we're not even going to do spoiler-free. We're going full spoilers right after we play the Rotten Tomatoes game. Ooh which is something we do every single movie release where these other three Jokers, we've got Marco. Hello. Kale. What's up, Ravagers? And, I like that. And Tyler. Hi. They're going to be forced to guess the forced. score yeah, for the uh, tomato meter, which is the review score from critics and the audience score. Um, and it's Price is Right rules, so whoever's closest without going over will win. Who wants to go first? I'm going to say an 88 from critics. And I'm going to say 92 from viewers. Okay. Yeah, where are you going? You, you said it. Hmm, I thought that was a uh... boy. Um, yeah, I'll go. Um, I'm going to say boy. I'm going to say. Price is the right rule, so lowest is best. I'm going to say 83 from critics. I'm going to say 90 for okay. audience. I'm kind of in the same ballpark. I'm thinking 80 for critics and 89 for audience. Lowballing each other. <laughs> All right, so Marco's got 88 critics, 92 audience. Kale has 83 critics, 90 audience. And Tyler has 80 critics, 90, uh, 89 audience. So the tomato meter score, the critic score, after 281 reviews is an 81, mm. which eliminates Kale and Marco. Tyler would win that. Critics. Critics, yeah. And then the audience score is a 95%. Ooh, let's go. Which wow. puts Marco at the closest. Corporate chills. But now, <laughs> but now we would have to look at how close they were, right? And so Tyler was one point closest. Two points off. You were two points off, yeah. So, or, well, three. Three, three yeah. So I guess by that logic, Tyler would win. Tyler win something. Boo. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's talk Guardians. It has been a while uh, since we've seen a Guardians movie from James Gunn, but not actually that long since we've seen the Guardians themselves. Of course, they were in Thor Love and Thunder. We saw them there and then in Endgame and Infinity War. So we've had experiences with them since James Gunn, but now we have the architect of this team back behind the wheel. So I want to talk about 
um, what it was like to see the Guardians under James Gunn again after having not seen them under him for such a long time. I was like, all right. And, and I think this is me coming into the movie as well. I was just like, all right, nah, we're going to, we're going to, we'll see them again. We're going to get the same bits, same interactions. I was a little down seeing them. Uh, and I think that I should have tempered my expectation a bit more, but just seeing them overall interact again, I had fun. And I did not expect to have the amount of fun that I did in seeing them. Yeah, I, you know what? I I really despise the Guardians too. Yeah. And I thought that that meant that I don't like James Gunn's interpretation of the Guardians because mm-hmm. I really loved them in Infinity War. I thought they were fantastic. Um, so I was like, oh, maybe it's a James Gunn problem. But with this movie, you know, talking about character, I feel like James Gunn did better than ever with these characters. It felt like he was so locked in on who they are, what makes them interesting, what makes them funny, to the point where I almost was like, yo, this movie could be 17 hours. If these characters are just going to keep bantering like this, like, I had runtime issues, so that was a joke. But, like, um. Just seeing their interactions with each other, it was like oozing with charisma and per- and 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 great dialogue and quippiness, but not like for me at least, not the quippiness that has pervaded the MCU that doesn't feel true to character. Here, it felt true to character. Yeah, yeah. It's almost like the the quippiness we got in like the the Infinity War and you know Endgame, like. You know, like Thor calling, you know, Rocket a rabbit. You know, like weird quips like that um, is due to the tone that Guardians 1 set in the Marvel Universe. Yeah. It was almost them trying to match that, and it really didn't work. But now we're going back to what it what, what originally worked, and I think it works here very well. Yeah, I agree. And, and so let's talk about this movie, because I feel like, you know, I'm sure the... Uh, the uh the, the film degree experts will uh you know but this movie felt like it was very much um character driven the plot of the movie is very bare um you know rocket gets hurt and they need to figure out how they're going to save rocket that's pretty much it yeah. and adam warlock who was a character that you know a lot of people were looking forward to we'll talk about him a little more later um you know he's he comes to get Rocket and, you know, bring Rocket back, and that goes awry. And the Guardians just have to figure out a way to save their friend's life. And that's it, really. Yeah. Um, everything flows out of that. For and it's giant, characters' choices that yeah. drive things forward. For a giant space opera-type movie, uh, it's very small mm. in terms of yep. what, what it's yeah. doing. Um, I think there are some ideas and there are some... Some of the 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 themes that they choose to tackle in this aren't small, but I think the actual uh, the a plot of what's happening is is compared to a lot of the other MCU stuff. You know, we just watched Quantumania last. Uh, it's a tiny thing. It's like hey, my best friend's dying. How do I save him? That's really the core of it. But I think that's what it needed to be. Agreed. Yeah, very much so. Yep. Um, because it made uh, me especially. It made me care. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Um, and that is something that Ant Man lacked utterly. 
Um, and like, I didn't think I was gonna is the they, thing. Like I often find myself very annoyed by rocket and, um, the rest of them, frankly, but, um, uh, when, when they start, you know, having the issues, you know, where rocket, I, I saw it on Thursday, so I don't even remember what happens to rocket. Um, but I, uh, I was like, Oh, Oh no. Wait a second. Hold on. Mm-hmm. That's wait. Um, and that it all revolved around him. Um, I think, you know, instead of this massive uh, world-ending, universe-ending plot, that's a, that was all decoration, you know, in this one, whereas it focused on Rocket. I loved it. Yeah. Yeah, I'm in the same boat as you. This is the most heart a Marvel movie has felt like, heartfelt, since I don't even, I can't even remember, honestly. It's been a maybe, while. Maybe Ant-Man won. Um, and, and, and I didn't expect that. I think I I was sure. jaded on it. Yeah, uh, I I have been, and so I did not expect me to make make the emotional connection as easily and as strongly as I did. I gotta say the 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 trick of making it an animal I think helps. Yes, very <laughs> um, much so. Yeah, I think that that the just is a is a human element to it to naturally empathize with cute cuddly creatures. It's no. it's funny too because Blake, uh, my dog, is just going through some really terrible allergies right now. Um, just and we can't give him medication because he also just happened to uh, get some vaccines that will react badly with the uh, the medication. Mm. So I just like I'm sitting here watching Rocket suffer, and I'm my poor best friend, my dog, he's my son. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, as a cat it's dad really myself tough. too. Yeah, yeah. And there's actually a part in the movie where like you hear a whole bunch of animals crying, and there's a cat Ooh. like meow sort of in the background. And I was like, yeah. oh no, oh shit, yeah. <laughs> ouch. It, it's just an e- it's just an easy way to make that like quicker emotional bond, yeah. and I think leveraged incredibly well. And I don't think it's I cheap could, too. Like you could say that's a cheap move. I I, I don't think it is. I think I, it's hard. I don't to think do, it is honestly. at all because. Because everybody in that theater was going ah or mm-hmm. or like to a thing happening to an animal. Because I feel like we all agree animals are innocent. Well, and even still, it's not cheap because he continues the plot and he yeah. makes it, you know, part of the story and he pays it off. Mm-hmm. It's also not cheap because we know Rocket. Like we, yeah. Rocket's not a new character. This is his origin story. But you know, we've been living with Rocket for what almost ten years now. So. Um, it's a character that we inherently care about. I forgot that, like, oh yeah, it's because humans care about animals. Like, I cared. I came into. I'm like, damn, Ro- Rocket. I love yeah. Rocket. Yeah. This, um, this whole and this whole trilogy was really a, a, a like a Rocket Raccoon trilogy. Like, like, and they say that. Yeah, the movie clearly states. No, actually, this was Rocket's story. Yeah. Well, James exactly. Gunn says he is Rocket, so James Gunn feels oh, like, interesting. Yeah, Ro- I believe Rocket was the reason why James Gunn decided he wanted to do this because I he was like, that. "How did he get like this?" And that's what led him down the rabbit hole. Mm. Um, R- Raccoon hole. So, well, um, <laughs> yeah. So this is a very much a Rocket movie. Rocket is actually MIA 
uh, like the present day Rocket is is incapacitated for the large majority of the movie. Um, but Rocket is is ever present because of the flashbacks that we see. You know, we I think pretty much anyone could have assumed that High Evolutionary would probably have been how Rocket got to be this way. If you know comics and you know what High Evolutionary does, um, then that makes perfect sense. And I'm glad that James Gunn went down that road. And so we see a lot of interaction between Rocket and High Evolutionary. And in that sense, we also get a villain backstory, which is pretty cool. Um, Hmm. The present day High Evolutionary is very much who he is. Um, And he's at the height of his power and, you know, he's got counter earth and we see that everything is established. But at the time of, of, of when Rocket was young and when he first got Rocket, he was still figuring, figuring things out. The high evolutionary was, and it, and it turns out that Rocket actually helped him in a way get to the point where he is now because Rocket could think for himself. Um, I thought all that building was fantastic. Yeah. I mean, and, and the way um it was spread through the movie mm-hmm. to yeah. um you know support the things that were happening it was putting scaffolding on moments yeah. that mm-hmm. built the whole thing up and kept the structure going yeah i thought it was great yeah structure wise i thought it was it was it was genius honestly it it, it helped yeah. the roller coaster of the of the movie you know going mm-hmm. with these highs and lows constantly it just it, it didn't make me feel the time of the movie honestly um, yeah. Because it was, I was, I was along for the ride, honestly, and also like this kind of made me feel like the whole, like the whole flashback sequences. I was like, all right, this is the closest we're getting to a Wii three movie. Um, <laughs> this, this is getting me hard here. Uh, so like, sorry, no, no, <laughs> getting me <laughs> in the hard feelings. Can you say the word heart instead? Would that be yeah, better? No, I'm saying hard. <laughs> H. Okay. Yeah. No, no, I'm going hard on this. Right. Look at my background. I, I I should be in prison for what I just said. <laughs> You're right. That is absolutely correct. Um. Yeah. So again, very much a rocket movie. I think that everything that James Gunn does with Rocket lands. Like it's all it's all effective, and it's rare. I feel like um to see that where there's just no criticism. Like it was all really really good. I though did feel the runtime, mm. um, especially towards the end. It was like you know I was like, all right, I'm gonna give grace because this is James Gunn's swan song for the whole MCU. Mm. But like the dancing and like it was just, it felt like it was really, really going on and on. Um, I was ready to leave. I, I my emotional come down after Rocket comes back to life. Uh, was or you know he wakes up was such that I was like, okay, great, this is the the fifth act coming around. They're gonna do the uh spaceship battle, and I can go home. This is great. I'm done. I'm finished. <laughs> you didn't need like a, an extended epilogue with a, a dog days are over. You know, playing in the background. I definitely didn't need that. Oh, I didn't like the song choice there. But mm. thing. Wait, which scene are you talking about? The last, the, what you were talking about, the oh, dancing. Okay, yeah. okay, yeah, 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 yeah. That was egregious. The, but I think I, but I'll, I'll give it credit because everything up until that point, literally into that point, I felt was like flowed for me. That that was the only part where I'm like, oh, all right, we're, we've we've hit the. Thank you for letting me know we've hit the end of the movie. 
Right. <laughs> Bye. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It, was, it was interesting because I, like, I, again, you know, after um, Rocket wakes up, I, I felt like I really felt the movie sort of shift gears. It's uh, like, okay, uh, he's awake. The emotional stuff is uh, knocked out. Let's go do the space battle. Yeah. And Rocket's well, part of it, like, you know. For me, that kind I, of did the opposite. Uh, it's because the, the emotional stakes were, is Rocket going to survive? Obviously, he's going to survive, you know, as, you know, you because know, I, you could tell. Um, but my thought was like, well, if Rocket's not dying, who is at this point? Like, who, mm. what's going to happen? So that's where the stakes shifted for me a bit. I'm like, oh, no, something's. You know, Drax is going to get got somehow. Uh, uh, Star Lord's not going to make it out. Like that's where it became a guessing game for me. I I took it as we have rescued Rocket. He's good again. Now we're all somewhat mad, and we're going to kick ass. And that to me was a good transition. Uh, so it worked really, really well. Where we got to see the big fight. Um, I'd see the spaceships like that. Usually the action sequences of movies. And I'll say, I think on, on whatever past two reviews, oh, we didn't do one for Shazam. But there are moments where I'll like start to nod off during these action sequences. And I'm just, uh, but this one genuinely, I was like, yo, let's fucking go. Oh shit, they're getting attacked. Like kick his ass. Like it felt like the stakes paid off because we were so stressed about Rocket. And now he's there and he's getting and the high evolutionary is getting his comeuppance where it's not just battle for battle they made you really hate the high evolutionary so like i wanted to see yeah. what happened to him i yeah. wanted to see him get, yeah. you know messed up um and i like how they essentially did a hallway fight scene in this movie you know like that's the daredevil thing but they, they, they do it in this you know space shuttle corridor sort of thing uh, much that's more cgi cool. heavy but i was like all right yeah yeah take that bag you know bag of tricks there i don't mind that so let's uh, let's let's jump back a little bit and let's talk about um, the other characters because this is a rocket story, but really it felt like a guardian story, um, and I think that that's that's what the second one was lacking for me was that it was so focused on Star Lord that I felt like the other characters weren't as prevalent. Um, whereas here, everybody's characters established already. We know who they are over not just the prior two Guardians movies, but the other movies in which they've appeared to where their characters are completely solid. Like they're they're They are who they are. Um, and so Gamora, right. Is the character who's changed the most from guardians two to three. She's not even the same Gamora that was in guardians two. That person is dead. And this Gamora is the one that, you know, they, that came from the, the, the past, if you will, um, just like the Thanos that they ended up fighting in Endgame. Um, this is that Gamora. And she doesn't give a damn about these people. Um, watching her journey throughout the movie and how that affected other people, I was really impacted by. Um, because Gamora was my favorite guardian. And now she's not that same character. So how do I, as a viewer, tackle and deal with that? I resonated a lot with how Star-Lord felt throughout this whole thing. And and I think that's exactly the reason why, like from that point to towards the end, his whole thing is like, Oh, my Gamora would do this, or like, th like this is the way that I knew and remembered her, and how she would interact. And so I felt very much, oh, this is this is the, this is also the viewer, 
Like right. they, they, we have somebody that we can sympathize with because I feel this way as well. Towards the, like towards the middle, it started getting a little annoying. I'm like, bro, just get over it. Like it's not the same person. Just let that shit die. Um, but I like how it resolves in the end and it comes to a, a, an acceptance. And I think that that was very much us alongside him achieving and reaching that, that acceptance. And I think even on the, the Gamora end was, it was, uh, interesting too because she's a character whose whole life she has been what another man wanted her to be in thanos and now she's seeing it again through the lens of star lord who like just he's like oh no this is this is who you could this is who you're supposed to be you know like you're this is what my gamora would have done so it's it's a less sinister take on that but it's still her dealing with what a man wants her to be rather than her making the decision herself so her you know kind of just coming be like no i'm not it's just not what I do anymore. I'm going to be who I want to be. It's like a, a nice arc that I don't really feel like James Gunn wanted to do. I, I don't, I, as far as I know, he didn't want to kill Gamora off. That wasn't the plan. So he was kind of dealt a weird hand of cards here. Um, but I think the way he deals with it is is well done. I agree. Um, I, I, I completely agree. I felt like Marco, like, all right, dude, you know, can you get over this now? But then I looked over at my girlfriend and I was like, shit. What if she just didn't know who I was? Like, I know who she is. I know what we've been through. I know what we've experienced. And I look at her, and she doesn't know me. And not only does she not know me, she's a radically different person. That would freak me out. And I don't know that I would just get over that. That's that's heavy stuff. And especially for Star-Lord, whose character is, is about people leaving him. Um, he can't can't cope with that. And so yeah. if he has a chance to, to latch on to that longer, he's going to. I thought Star-Lord had a had an interesting journey in this film. I really 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 like seeing him interact with the different guardians. Um like there's a part where him and Groot team up and I was like, "Yes, let's go. Star-Lord and Groot on a mission." Like I loved that. I thought that was that was really awesome. And he I feel like Star-Lord gets a lot of flack from people who don't like Chris Pratt. Um but this like, guy the character himself Minus the dumb shit that happened in Infinity War, which James Gunn has directly said he did not stand by um, when when Star-Lord is basically the reason why Thanos is able to get all the stones. Um, aside from that, I love Star-Lord. And James Gunn tapped into the way that he's a jerk and a douche a little bit, but also the way that you know he cares about people and the way that you know he'll do anything for his friends and family. We've seen that every Star-Lord appearance. Even if it was not the right thing to do, he's willing to do it for his people, and there's no wavering in that, and I love that. The, the idea of found family is, is stuck within Star-Lord. You know? yeah. He can't help himself. Uh, if, if there are people that, that care about him and he cares about, he'll do anything, and I, and I like that about the character. And I think, I think, as much as I don't care much for Chris Pratt, I think he does a good job of it. Although I wish he'd bring back the helmet. Like, I know the actor wants to see himself on screen and, you know, but. Yeah, I mean, dude, it's it's not even just Chris. Pr it's everybody. I know. It's everyone. Yeah. It's 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 written into their contracts and there's a million reasons why. But and Bradley Cooper, um, he's just chill being a raccoon. That that bag he's getting. I bet. Can continue to get no matter how old he is. Yeah. To mm -hmm. never even be anywhere. Like, to, yeah. to, to not be involved in anything at all. 
You go to a studio, record some lines, and go home. Get paid millions. Jesus Christ. Sign me up. Um, Drax. This is definitively the last time, according to the actor, that we will see Batista perform as Drax. And so I was prepared for him to die. Same. Um, The movie teases the death of every one of the Guardians at some point or another. And Drax was the one that I bought into the easiest because, again, Batista no longer wants to be a, a part of this. This was my favorite, I think, Drax performance by a country mile. And I really wish that Batista wasn't leaving because I feel like he really found it now. Um, He's so on target. Like, the jokes are great, but he's not quippy. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's not actually making jokes. It's just funny for contextual reasons. It's a very understated performance where I feel like the previous ones were like, oh, he's invisible and let's keep doing that joke over and over again. Right. And I feel like a lot of the performances here are understated, um, and which is what I liked about it. Because they're it's, working together. Yeah, yeah. But Batista, it's, it's, it's small. Like, he, what is his arc, really? His arc is that he's a good friend. Small. But what does a good friend lead to? It, it, it's a good father, you know? But you know what? Yeah. It's yeah. also, hey, he's not a genius. Yeah. He's not as smart as the other people here. He doesn't get a lot of things, but he cares about people and he cares about children. And, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. I I fell in love with Drax throughout this movie. I really did. Um, I felt so bad when um, when Nebula and, and Mantis were arguing and calling him stupid. And I was just like, man, like you go through your life and people just call you stupid all the time. And but you're 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 trying your hardest, you know, and you can't help what's in your brain. Um, and I feel like we've all felt like less than at some point in our lives. And I got a lot out of that. The moment where Drax is the one who can speak to the children, I got a lot out of that. Yeah. It's making me tear up now. Uh so let's stop talking about Drax. Let's talk about Groot, who I feel like got the least to do. Sure. He's more of a problem. <laughs> Yeah, it tends to, you know. Uh, I I mean, I think him being with his best buddy, right, being knocked out, and so you know wants to go above and beyond and do whatever. Yeah, I, I think he's a character that exists to be there, um, and is cool functionally. Like, oh, he carries the guns, and then you know whips out like seventeen different lasers from Yo. you know like. He's functional, and I don't think that's a bad thing, obviously, because all he can say is, I am Groot. Um, and it's about the the ways in which, which I, I thought was really funny, whenever uh, uh, somebody would hear him say, I am Groot, and like ek, just get this like whole sentence, and Gamora's like, you guys are just making this shit up, right? Like, <laughs> Surely he didn't say that. And then it's I like how at the end, we can finally hear it, you know, because we finally are part of this family. Oh, Marco. is that how Fucking you took that? Hell, you cracked it. Yeah, yeah, that's how I, oh, that's how I read yeah. that too. Yeah. Oh, wow. I was, I was literally, literally gonna, I, grinding my teeth to gear up to follow that with until the very end. And then you crack, you cracked that for me. Yeah, because the guardians don't damn. react to it. If he was actually talking, right. they would have reacted to it. They don't exactly. react. Exactly. It's because we're, yeah. we're a guardian now. We, we hear it. Yep. <sighs> yep. Woo. That is hot. That's I his, love, I, that's his art. I popped yeah. for that moment regardless. I was like, oh my God, <laughs> no. he said different words. No. Yeah. But that that takes it over the top. Yeah, we, just, I, we, we know now. I, d- I did not because it felt like it came out of nowhere. 
until Marco said that. And it's not growth from him because we have we haven't seen his growth. His growth is, you know, now he's an adult tree again. Yeah. It's us that have grown. Oh. Yeah, it's good. It's a good bit. I love that. Yeah, that was fantastic. And and I think Groot a lot of work was done with Groot already. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. a lot of the a lot of the work to make him a character that people care about was done in the first two films. And so yeah. he doesn't actually have to get that much for people to care about every single moment with Groot cuz we're already attached. Um and when he tries to save Star-Lord and fails, I was like, "Oh man. I thought I thought Star-Lord was cooked to be honest, like Again, they did such a good job with all those with all those different moments of teasing the death of a guardian. I thought Star Lord was dead. Yeah, same. I was kind of with it too. I was like, "Eh, you know. Yeah, me too. I was bummed. I was like, ah, come on. Not Star Lord of all the characters. In my mind, it was like, oh, thank God they're killing someone for one, you know. I'd give any I'd give any amount of money for them to kill Chris Pratt. I I can't believe I mean Star Lord. I can't believe you guys came in thinking someone was going to die. Like That's the way it was marketed. The you know? whole fucking movie is about the raccoon trying to die. Yeah, what do you like, mean? I knew Rocket wouldn't die. Like that much I knew. If Rocket's not going to die, then nobody else is. Like that, that was my logic. Well, again, like for some of them, we know they're done. Like we knew yeah. for a fact Batista yeah. was a goner. So I was like, oh, yeah, that's that's easy. And uh, Zoe Saldana has also said that this is her last hurrah. Yep. But not that I thought they would kill Gamora again. That'd be crazy. But yeah. <laughs> imagine <laughs> double fridged. <laughs> yeah, that's really bad. Um, I love Mantis. Mantis was phenomenal in this movie as well. Yeah. I don't know how many listeners saw the ho- the holiday yeah. special, yeah. but that was really a Mantis and Drax story for the most part. And I adored that. I think so it's my love for watching. Mantis grew. I, I I believe so too, but you know. Yeah, uh, I thought Mantis um, was a great showcase for Man- for Mantis. Um, I'm excited to see where she goes from here too. If mm. she will be around, I don't know. The comic character has done weird stuff, so I think there's potential for her. But but we haven't talked about the star of this movie yet. Nebula. No, Nebula is cool. my favorite guardian, by the way. But now now after this movie, but that's not the star of the movie. Howard the oh, Duck, Cosmo. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cosmo is the greatest guardian, the greatest Marvel Cinematic Universe character. Love Maria Baklova did a tremendous job. I love everything about Cosmo. Old move making the best character in the movie a Russian, given the state <laughs> of the world. Fair. Fair. But I was so happy that Cosmo had more of a role. And her arc is just really, she just wants to be referred to as a good girl. She doesn't want to be yeah, a bad yeah. dog. <laughs> yeah. And and uh, Sean Gunn, Craglin, uh, uh, who's the new Yandu, calls her a bad dog, and she flips out, and that's her whole thing throughout the movie. Yeah. But they got over how powerful Cosmo is, which I, I love. The only thing that was missing was the helmet. I was like, where's her helmet? Um, The action figure shows that it, it could come in from and out of the, uh, the collar piece, so okay. it exists in there. Very good. Yeah, um, Cosmo was fantastic. But, but again, another another small arc. Like it's very small and and it's very micro compared to the macro we've gotten in every friggin' movie of Marvel for the past phase, you know? Yeah. When it's so refreshing to have, you know, this ensemble film, you know, done where every character feels like, even if they aren't, 
feels like they've been microanalyzed to make sure that they have a story. Mm-hmm. Yep. There's still a beginning, a middle, and an end. Yep. Yeah. For for the individuals, even if it's not the biggest story. Yes, absolutely. Um, I said Nebula's my favorite guardian. This movie did such an amazing oh, job love with Nebula. On this man. Um, Karen Gillan deserves a lot of credit because she did a tremendous job in that role as well. Um, wow. Hard I role. was afraid. Sorry? That's a hard role to do. Yeah. 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 I, I was afraid that they were going to go down the road of like, oh, Star-Lord and her are getting together. Um, they joke about it, but it doesn't actually yeah. go there, which I was sure. really happy about. Um, wow, they made me care so much about Nebula. And when you think about everything that Nebula's been through, she watched her sister die. Thanos, who she has a complicated relationship with, has gone twice over. Um, so she's been through a lot of hell. And these are the only people that have ever maybe in her whole life treated her with some decency and dignity. Mm-hmm. And I love seeing her fight back for them, despite the fact that she was an enemy of theirs in the first movie. The continuity. And even, with... and, and, sorry. And she's even an enemy to them in parts of this movie. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well. the, the continuity of Nebula is one of my favorite parts of the movie because uh, her and Rocket, their relationship is not, really stressed enough in this movie but it is hinted at and it's perfect because those are the only two guardians that survived the snap they were together for five years just those two rocket made her new arm when rocket comes back to life the first thing he says is nebula yeah right because in like any time rocket's in trouble nebula's freaking out and she she only loses her cool in that way when it comes to rocket so just knowing that the relationship those two have and how it's Again, they don't they don't shove it down our throats in this movie, but you can tell like these two characters really care about each other. Um, I thought that was great, uh, and and it, it let Karen Gillan do some real acting in a in a role that that started off as quite robotic on purpose, uh, and and her kind of becoming the new Gamora, in the sense that you know like she's got Gamora's original arc really, uh, yeah. where Gamora kind of is is the old Nebula in a way. Um, yeah, yeah, that kind of foil too i thought was great yeah just um, as an aside and i know i know tyler saw it um but did you see on instagram karen gillen um <laughs> accidentally scheduled a couple's counseling thing on a filming day yeah so she did zoom in her neg- nebula makeup yeah. <laughs> that's so funny uh yeah it's on her instagram still if you want to see it it's really good really worth it She's reaming her husband out for texting that girl drunkenly the other night while she's in her <laughs> nebula makeup yeah. and crying. I'm not, I'm not messing with nebula. No, I, no, 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 no. She, she was very Terminator-like in this movie. Yeah. yeah. And what was so interesting about it is that James Gunn was able to tap into like what made, uh, what made it interesting to watch Arnold's Terminator get his ass beat in that movie as a robot, knowing that there's no pain associated. Um, In this movie, we see Nebula's body go through the ringer. She's a robot. The reason why we care is because we care about her. We care about her. We care about her journey, her experience, what she's been through. Um, And I thought that that was so excellent. Did any of you think her arm was very phalanxy? I was like, wait a minute. That's not... Uh, A little bit. Like, in the way that it would, like, just... I don't know. Yeah, it, it, looked, it looked like black and gold a bit at some point. Some, 
Mm. I just thought about liquid metal from the sure. From I, I was T2. probably putting way too much into it. Yeah, I was like, all right, where's yeah. my where's my Marvel shit? You know, like, but let's talk about the high evolutionary, the big bad. Um, Love to hate. I think I, for me, it's a tale of two. It's a it, it, it's I have two sides about this. So first of all, acting wise, Chuck Woody, Iwuji showed his ass in this movie. He, he every scene. Oh my god. <laughs> what a tremendous performance. Like yeah. really allowed to 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 go as balls out or as restrained as he felt like he needed to as an actor and I I I so appreciated that. To the point where in terms of his power, right? In terms of what we saw him show off, he really didn't do a lot. But he was one of the scariest MCU villains that we've ever seen. Yeah. And that was that was all the acting, in my opinion. That was all the performance. Pure emotional intensity. I, I, I feel mm. like in, this is one of those cases where I think the MCU character was more interesting than the actual comic book character. The High Evolutionary is oh, kind yeah. of boring, in my opinion. Oh, yeah. Um, here, this the idea of like that, that one line that he has where, where um, he realized there was no God, so he took over in its place. Oh, it's great. Yeah, Yo, yeah. I came here prepared yeah. today to say that line because yeah. of how amazing I mean, that, that one line stuck with me. I'm like, yeah. hell yeah. And that's when it caused yeah. all of his workers to turn on him. I was like, oh, yeah, this is this is good. Just movie villain stuff. Well, yeah, for me, like you remember in around Infinity War, how they were saying that like Thanos was going to be the new Darth Vader or whatever. This to me felt more like what that should have been. Hmm. Because, you know, through a new hope and everything, like you uh, you see this, you know, powerful figure of Darth Vader, you don't really see his power until, you know, the end of the film. And then he's this, you know, he's this villain. And that's how I felt about the the high evolutionary. Like I really felt like he he did the emotional stuff to the point where like I was like, okay, this guy could definitely browbeat me into submission for sure. And then he's got all this massive, brilliant power. Like, now this is a villain. And it, it, it did a couple things that I that I hate Marvel movies they do with their villains. A, they don't kill him off. Um, mm. he, he's still around by the end of it, right? You or, want them to kill him? No, I don't. That's the thing. Marvel always kills off their villains. And oh, always oh I see. Um, okay. and B, he's not goofy. You know, every, I feel like every villain has to have some kind of joke here and there. Like, yeah, like, yeah. no, the, the other characters joke, the high evolutionary doesn't. And yeah. that dichotomy is what makes him interesting. Um, and the fact that, uh, his whole motive in this is just pure ego and jealousy. And it's like a very human emotion. Um, it's not really, it's not like, it's not universe ending, you know? He's doing it because he wants to. Uh, and I was like, oh. And also, you have him shoot an otter. Come on. You're going to make me hate oh, that, dude. That scene, that scene I, I, I cried like maybe three times in this movie. That, that scene alone, where I'm like, they made it out, the hug, boom. I said, fuck out of here. 
Mark, you ever re- read We Three by uh, Morrison quite no, I want to, though. Oh, you're going to have that same feeling reading that book. God, that was so good. And then, oh, and then and then they get into the, fi- the, the firefight and, oh, yo, all I of it. it's coming, too. You know, I'm just like a, a sobbing mess, lean back in my little chair, sipping on my, my Pepsi. Phoebus. But the other the other side of me was like, uh, he you know he's this brilliant genius, but he couldn't figure out what Rocket figured out. Like that's not believable to me. And you know he gets his face scratched off by Rocket, which is also not believable to me. That was just dumb. And he gets beat so easily at the end, like just. There was nothing to it. Like he was not a non-threat to the Guardians, and I don't buy that at all. I thought that like the the movie's two and a half hours long, and they couldn't give High Evolutionary any interesting combat. Like nothing. He just gets bodied by the Guardians. It was so free. I, I found that to be very disappointing. I didn't mind that. I kind of I kind of didn't feel, mind it either. I feel like that's a a Marvel trope that I think goes along with my sort of general criticism of a lot of the stuff they do. They really undermine themselves. They really undermine moments. And villains. And especially villains. I I, I don't feel like it's undermined or undermining because it like he he doesn't seem he seems like much more of a brainy character and so i don't need him to be like to have all this power to be able to destroy like to fight against like thor or something i was not here no but but I, I don't need him to be that power that powered where it makes that much of a challenge for the guardians here because they're not that either you know they did why, why have him show off all these gravity powers if he can't use them in the in the big fight, I mean, he right. was using them. He he was using them for for Rocket for a bit, and then I guess he broke the tech doing something because he, he knows the tech. It's a callback to the the opening scene when Rocket shows you first see Rocket. He shows off the gravity boots. Yeah, and uh, so and it and it and it just shows that like it doesn't matter how strong he is, Rocket can truly innovate and has a greater mind than him. And it was it was always going to be a brain versus brain thing. Hmm. That's totally cool, but this is an action movie also, and if High Evolutionary is going to have those powers, he should use them against mm. the, the characters that we care about, and that doesn't happen. Like, th- like there's just no, there's nothing to it, and you know, now I'm like, eh, I don't really care about seeing him again. Like, he got busted by Rocket. That's that's it for me. Um, and then also, you know, in this movie we see Counter Earth, which is so cool. And such a, an interesting idea to me. And I was frustrated that we spend so little time there and no one really like reflects on how crazy this is. A, a planet where you destroyed like 8 billion lives. Yeah. And also that maybe I'm forgetting, but Star-Lord goes to Earth, counter Earth, but Earth, and doesn't really seem to care that he's on earth like that like that's not a that's not that doesn't really factor for him i know it's not earth earth but even being back seeing earth things again wouldn't you be like holy shit this is crazy i mean when he was like eight yeah yeah so he was was there he was there after you know and during the avenger stuff so he was back at earth before where what do you mean 
Infinity War and and Endgame. He's on Earth. Oh, that's right. When is he on Earth during Infinity War? Not Infinity War, but once he once he comes back, like he's been on Earth, you know, with, at Endgame. With Hulk so like too. he's been there. So we can assume that he's, you know, maybe running away from the people he cares about, but he's been on Earth before. So it's not really the movie doesn't movie. frame it that way. The movie frames it as though he's running from Earth, from being back on Earth. Yeah, and I think the counter Earth being weird, I think kind of del uh, kind of adds to a decision at the end. You know, yeah. to finally go back to it. But, but I felt I, yeah. Go ahead. Well, to, to to that, but also I think that once you land on Earth, but then you realize all the aliens are animals. I feel like that, that would be such a massive disconnect that I think, you know, yeah, you're seeing earth things and that would make, I think that would be enough to make you go, Oh, huh. I should, I should go home. But then once you see the people, you get, I'm going to shelve that other thought for now and deal with this. Yeah. I, I, I feel like if this were a book, or a comic or a television show or anything but a movie, Star-Lord would have expressed feelings about being on Earth, but it being wrong. That would further motivate him to stop the high evolutionary, and it would facilitate his motivation for going back to Earth at the end of the film. If you just watch the movie and you don't think about that, he goes from being like, eh, who, who gives a shit about Earth? To being like, yeah, I got to go back to Earth. In this movie... Counter-Earth is not necessarily where it is in the comics, because in the comics, it is on the other side of the moon and the same orbit. So, like, you can never see each other. Um, what? It's quite literally counter that. to Earth. Yeah. So, I don't think that is where it is in the, the movie. No, it can't um, be. It can't be, because it would be way too close to Earth. Um, but, you know, I, I can see what you're saying, Sean. And, and, and I just think Counter-Earth is cool as hell, and I just yeah. wish... Like they would have done a little bit more with it. Man, a furry planet. Um, there we go. Yif yif. Wow. Um, that but that that part was a lot of fun. That that part was a lot of fun too. This movie is fun. Yeah. 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 Um. Oh, please, go ahead. Go ahead. Can I talk about something I really didn't like? Yeah. The other place they go, Orgol Borgol Score. Ooh. I, okay. Mm. I didn't like that one bit. In what it one felt, sense? Like it, it felt, it felt like MacGuffin. Like I, uh, it was another part where I feel like gears were turning, and like he just Gun just needed to get, he needed one step to get to the next step. Yeah. So he keyboard smashed a couple of things, and that's what came out. And oh, great, Nathan Fillion's here, and then you know we can go to the Animal Planet. They should have gone straight to Counter Earth. That should have been where where shit, where they had to go in order to to save Rocket, because that little that place didn't matter. That place wasn't like that visually interesting. It wasn't that cool. Counter Earth, there was like a million things you could do there. So why would you not want to spend more time there? But then I thought, well, then that's just Ant Man and the Wasp Quantumania. Yeah. But but this movie has the potential to do that, but better. I just think in terms of structure, it's just how movies are framed. You got kind of got to go a new place each time, especially when you're in space. You know, like the I things I hate. You Star really Wars, don't. Like you don't have to. I hate there when Star Wars of... doesn't. You know, uh, planet travel when they stay in one place. Like it annoys me. Um, 
but also it felt like a very James Gunn thing. It was like, all right, let me bring in Nathan Fillion. Let me bring in my wife. Yeah. Uh, I forgot the actress's name. Um, uh, the, and the actress who played Ratcatcher in Suicide Squad was the the pink lady. It was like, and then the whole oh, really? bio then planet. Melchior, yeah. yeah, the whole bio planet was like, oh, this is very Slither. This feels like a James Gunn thing. It's dealing with like this body horror kind of grossness. It was more, it kind of was like James Gunn's like jerking off on the screen a bit. Um, but it, it was fine. I thought it, it led to that, you know, that Drax scene. And I think the character moments that happen in it are irrelevant to the setting. Um, so the setting could have just been whatever, honestly. All right. Go ahead, Kill. I, I get that it, you know, structure-wise and plot-wise, it, it may have been necessary, but I think it could have been better constructed constructed and mm -hmm. more relevant. Um, and even, like I said, even just like the name and the the character names and the, like, it just felt lazy as a setting that they made cool. I agree. Uh, let's talk about my least favorite part of this movie. Adam Where's Warlock. Pat? Adam Warlock. Yo, oh. bro. As, as, as much or maybe more of an abomination as the Mandarin was in Iron Man 3, this was that for Adam Warlock. Mm. They shit all over this character. And it wasn't once, it wasn't twice, it was the entire movie. And it felt to me like James Gunn didn't want to use him. It reminded me very much of Sam Raimi's usage of Venom in Spider-Man 3, where he didn't want to do it, he was forced to do it, so he jobbed him out. I think that James Gunn didn't actually plan on furthering the Adam Warlock story after we saw the the, the cocoon or whatever in uh, the, the second Guardians, but he had to because people wouldn't stop talking about it. And so he just put him in the movie and he jobbed him out. Complete joke. A piece of shit. Yeah, I wonder if he was supposed to be in uh, Infinity War, the Avengers films or something. And he, they just they cut him out. They didn't use him. They put the cocoon in the like first it. movie, too. Like... Wherever, yeah, what, yeah. whatever. I highly doubt that whenever the first time James Gunn thought about Adam Warlock, this is what he thought about. There's yeah. just no way you would look at this character with such a rich comics history, who's so important to certain things, and then just do this with them. Like I, I, I get that this is not his era. Adam Warlock belonged in the Infinity Saga. There's no disputing sure. that. That's where that character goes. Outside of that, who knows what he even does? I haven't seen Adam Warlock in a comic book in Mad Long. But the fact of the matter is that what we got here is not the Adam Warlock from the books. And I really, really wish he wasn't in it because I'd feel a lot better about this movie if they didn't do that to him. You didn't need him. Anything. Nope. Save Star-Lord for what? Wow. Like, well, I think that's the it, it's it's the continue the found family trope through Adam. You know, uh, as a fellow person that was born premature, um, he's not fully cooked. So he's a little off. Same. Um, so I was two months premature. Cal. I came out a little early. Uh, no, no, no. Yeah. I understand what you're saying. <laughs> um, but in the idea that, you know, like he had this mother and, and that was like the family forced upon him, whereas he's kind of learning throughout this movie. I don't think I don't think it's a good representation of Adam Warlock, the comics character. 
but I don't mind what they did for this character in the movie, if that makes sense. I, um, it could have been I any character, s- really. But I like the idea that, you know, it's this guy who comes out of the womb, a, a grown man, and kind of has to, like, he doesn't know what the hell he's doing at all. He kills a guy by accident. But him slowly learning empathy and things throughout the movie, I thought that, w- that was a fine little, little arc for him. It's just like, this is Adam Warlock. I think that I, I didn't have a problem with him. I, I, I even dared to sort of like the arc. There wasn't anything to like character-wise, but I think the mistake here is that he, uh, again, wasn't relevant. And whatever future this character holds, he's got to hold something because he's a cosmic character. And supposedly, there's a bunch of stuff happening with the Eternals in space that if they don't use Adam Warlock for that, it's going to be a mess. Why is he here? Yeah, yeah. That's that's my issue is like no matter what they had to seed here to get later, they should have made him with a purpose here. I would I would even uh, I don't know, I, I'm definitely more down on the character then because even his arc didn't make sense. Like, yes, the idea of a found family cool but then play into that because at the end uh, the you know the whole second chances thing that drax says to him or whatever like it doesn't feel like these things resonate as deeply because he hadn't gone and done the things that he was really doing or, or to to warrant even learning a lesson he uh yeah he loses his mom or so i guess he's torn up about that uh he accidentally kills a guy doesn't really care all he cares about this like little monster thing that he has um and so i i don't know give him like like make that his found family too you know play play inside just give me more of those things because i think that arc makes sense but i there wasn't enough there to support and make it feel satisfying it it feels very much the opening to his story yeah Um. yeah it's like, like the, we get the idea of his the, his his actual family that's forced upon him, which those are the bad guys, um, and we get hints that he's finding this new family, but we just really get the the very seeds of that. Mm-hmm. Um, what happens to him going forward? I don't know. Do we ever see him going forward? Who knows? Uh, um, but uh, yeah, so we'll see. Buried, completely buried. Do you I, think he has I, any future? Like, it, it doesn't really matter because it's not Adam Warlock. Like this character, like I'm sure Warlock? will have some kind of future. Sorry, you like the character Adam Warlock? Yeah, I have no, I could care. I haven't read a lot about Adam Warlock to be honest. It it does like even if I didn't care about Adam Warlock, it doesn't matter if you or I do, right? Like it matters that this is a character that exists, sure. and if you're gonna use a character's name, then use the character. Yeah, and I hate it when Marvel does this, but they don't give a damn about that it's like all right cosmic character let me go into the bowl pull one out yeah oh yeah could have been anybody it, li- it literally they could have made a new name a new character altogether and that could have been who this was and no that's smasher i want smasher that's who I right want. if it marco makes a great point if, if this was nova that we were talking about instead everybody here would be up in arms oh hell yeah yeah but because it's adam warlock no one cares but to some people adam warlock is the dude 
And if you go back to those Infinity Comp, like the Infinity Gauntlet and all that stuff, Adam Warlock is center stage. So I don't know what the hell happened here, but, you know, uh, you can't win them all, I guess. I thought um, Coulter was good, though, in what he was given. The actor with the eyebrows still did an okay. I, I don't Yo, know. Even, even the costume, like the, the like his hair looked not great. Yeah, he looked bad. Yeah. Uh, like an off gold man. sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, rough. Um, I speaking of costumes, I did like seeing the Guardians in yeah. their uh their variant costume, like the more OG comics costumes. That was pretty sick. Um, I loved that. There was a lot to like about this movie. There really was. The action, I think, um, was solid, although I really think they screwed up at the end um by not giving us more um cool action with high evolutionary specifically. Um, I, I had a great time. Yeah. Very emotional. I'll never see this again. Probably. It was too much emotion for me. Too long for me, <laughs> but I really loved it. I thought it was great. So what does too much emotion for me mean? Um, it's just, it's just like constantly trying to tug on my heartstrings. For me, it's like, it's going to work because we're humans and we have emotions sure. and we, yeah. we can be manipulated. That's what happens. But I don't necessarily want that to be done constantly. It felt like there was never a break from that. And I wish we could have dove in a little bit more on the action side of things. Like, okay, I have emotions. I get that. I know you can manipulate them. Can you show me some cool shit? Yeah, give me some, give me some John wick, you know? Yeah. yeah. What, what is star Wars without the action? What it what it what are those movies it's, it's without the cool without ass the <laughs> right like you, so I wish we would have gotten more of that fair yeah yeah to that end I don't know that I'll see it again because I'm a, I'm, I'm worried that it the emotion won't hold up mm, okay mm, all right um, so I came out like, of this being oh holy cow well just that it is all it is all very heart wrenching and I think it is all very good. But I don't want to go see it again and and be numb to all that, you know? Fair. And then Never, find yeah. out that actually within that there are several plot holes that are gonna rip me out of the movie, you know. <laughs> By the way, I did time. want to say I'm not I'm not criticizing the movie for um for having an emotional journey, just in case okay. anybody misconstrues that. Let's talk about the very, very, very end. So we see, you know, the Guardians sort of break up. Uh, Star-Lord leaves the group. Gamora's going to be a Ravager. Um, uh, Mantis is gone. Drax and Nebula are going to stay on nowhere, which I love that they've built this yep. community there. And now they have all the all the kids and the animals that they rescued are now um, denizens of nowhere. I thought that was super cool. Um, and then the movie ends and we get into the, uh, the credit scenes. There are two. The first one shows us a new iteration of Guardians. And it's Kraglin. It's Cosmo. It's Adam Warlock, Rocket, Groot. The way they the way they uh showed Groot there was really funny where he's like the rock they're all yeah. sitting on and he's sleeping. It's very uh, and, uh, uh, yeah. first appearance journey into mystery kaiju Groot too, and the way his head is yeah. shaped and everything. He looked yeah. awesome. Yeah. You didn't, didn't catch that at all, no. Yeah, they're like, wake up, Groot, and then they, Groot rises out of the rock that they were sitting on, yeah. and he gets up, and he's all big and stuff. Oh, um, I catch that at all. 
And the other person who's a, a member is Phyla, Phyla Vell. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Quasar. I didn't like that because I didn't understand why she would be a kid. Don't you want Phyla Vell and Moondragon? Like, isn't that the obvious place to go? They can age her up. Uh, her genetics could be yeah. a thing. You know, they'll they'll science fiction it. Or maybe they just don't have plans for her. You know, this is it. This is for the audience. Which, I mean. That would suck. This is, but it's very likely. Yeah. I, I think Philovel and Moondragon slot in literally perfectly to a second iteration of the Guardians. Sure. Yeah. Agreed. Um, and I, I think you get the right actors to carry that. I think it'll, yeah, I think it'll play. Absolutely. Yep. And it's very different, which I, I love and appreciate. And we get a, 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 you know, a lesbian relationship on screen, which is. That's probably why they're not doing it. And that's probably why Philavel's a kid. But that's my personal conspiracy theory. What do you guys think of this team makeup? And do you think we will see them in a movie unto themselves? No, I think they're going to get a at at best a TV show, uh, if not a one off special with this new team. I don't think so. I think I think Guardians of the Galaxy is done for the foreseeable future, beyond like some cameos and supporting roles. Agreed. Yeah, I, I, there's no way they'll get a TV show, but uh, yeah, I, I think this is it. Um, uh, we'll see how the sales are. Uh, that's it's all money. <laughs> if this movie does just as well, they'll do another one with a new, you know, director and a new cast. They'll figure it out. Um, but, but I think this th- is the team. This is you know, gun. That this is a whole thing. Like I, I don't think you can separate yeah. the. Well, the yeah, this is the end of it. This was his trilogy. No, no, but I'm saying I don't think you can sell it. You can separate the success and people wanting to come see it from those factors of it being this team and it being this director. I think you underestimate how many people just go to these movies because they're Marvel movies. Um, I, I, I think they put they out a volume to... four. They're going to get people to go. They're not. No, we might think, oh, well, it's not James Gunn. I might not feel right. Joe Schmo, who just wants to go to the movies with his kids, is probably just going to go. I don't know about that. I think I think people are much more aware now than they've ever been about this kind of thing. And I think, you know, people were ready to not see Guardians 3 when James Gunn was off the project. So, you know, it's it's not as it's not as if people don't know. And I think a break is is necessary. A break between this film and the next one to get people's minds off of what they won't have, which is James Gunn, which is some of these Mm -hmm. characters um, I don't think we can have a Guardians film with this being the team, though, just Agreed. because uh, there's no box office behind this. Like Sean Gunn cannot be a main part of the Guardians. I'm sorry. Um, I, go ahead. I see this team maybe showing up somewhere else. You know, we get small little updates to their stories here and there. Um, but yeah, I agree. It needs it needs it needs a Nova. You know, it needs. A, good, a big actor in a in a leading role like sure rocket can lead the team but just in terms of marketing you need you need somebody there and i also think the point of this scene was just to imply that the guardians will go on yeah i yeah. don't think that this was necessarily to say like this is the next you know Agreed. like movie yeah. just yeah. showing up for you um so yeah but uh there was another there was an after credit scene and that featured uh, Star-Lord living a very pedestrian life with his granddad, uh, which was pretty cool. 
um, just hanging out, talking junk. What's his grandpa's name? Grandpa Jason? Was it Justin Jason? One of those two. Which is funny because in the comics, uh, Nova's act, I mean, uh, Star-Lord's actual dad is Jason of Spartax. Oh, right. Yes. Um, Yep. The movie's made it ego, but I was like, all right, there's a little, little nod. Um, and legendary Star Lord will return. He's getting his own right. movie, isn't he? No thanks. Nah, I think I think Star Lord will be leading the Guardians again with Nova mm-hmm. and Rocket and Groot. Oh yeah? yeah, yeah. I think I think he goes to the Avengers. I just was gonna say that. Yeah. Oh, they need their oh, they need their star power God. on that no, team. Come on, they I'm have not saying star I want power. It. They have star power. Are you kidding me? I'm not saying I want it. You think the Avengers don't have star power? Who's on the current Avengers? Like canon- canonically, oh, there is no canon Avengers. Okay, so we can't we can't talk about that. Who can we assume? We can we can speculate. Yeah, um, Cap. Captain America, Captain Marvel, Doctor Strange, maybe War Machine. That dude's a scroll. Mm-hmm. I'm calling it now. Sure, but already there's enough star power. I guess. Between I Doctor think. Strange, Captain yeah. Marvel, and and uh, Sam Wilson, and then Spider Man, I mean, probably right. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's that's a lot. They don't need no damn Star Lord. Yeah, I, I I don't think they need Star Lord, but I think they're gonna put him there. He, yeah, I, I tell you this: he goes to the Avengers. I'm done. <laughs> well, think about how many <laughs> you, people you need. That happens. Listen yeah. to me. That happens. I'm not going to see these anymore. You will not see me on this. Review show anymore. I'm done. Sean, think about all the people you named, though. None of them are Marvel funny. They need someone to play off of that. None of them are Marvel funny? My man, it ain't Chris Pratt either. Spider-Man's not Marvel funny? I don't think Spider-Man. I don't, I don't, I, Spider-Man irrelevant because his, his status is TBD. Um. Uh, if you I say I, I, I don't think like, I don't think War Machine's okay. funny. I think the the interactions they could play on somebody who's a little stupid is funny. But like Ant Man, you still Ant-Man, got Ant Man. Oh, I forgot they whole, didn't kill him off like they should have. And his whole yeah. fucking family's there. Fair. Okay, that's yeah. fair. They should have killed him. But I agree with you. Um, Squished him. Yeah, I I I love this movie. I thought it was very good. I had some problems that keep it from being. You know, in the upper echelon for me, but it's definitely my most enjoyed Guardians movie. Um, I didn't get to watch the first one back, but I have a hard time believing that I liked it more than I like this. Yeah. Um, I will give this a nine. I'm there with you. I will give this a nine. I was pleasant. This is my favorite Guardians movie and my favorite movie, frankly, of phase four and five. Oh, easy. Yeah, me too. Yeah, easy. I think Damn, I might letterbox five so far. I guess yeah. five so far. I think in my letterbox, I gave it a four point five, but I can't translate that to a nine because a nine seems too strong. So I'm going to give it an eight. Um, my my ratings are insufferable, but that's just what feels right to me. Uh, yeah, I seven and a half eight. Yeah, um, basically for me, I didn't talk about how much I hate Chris Pratt because it's based in Chris Pratt. Anytime he was on screen, I hated it. Negative five points. And the best the best moments of this movie are when he's not on screen. And it is amazing to me how much that moves the film. Yeah. It, like I'd it, argue. It really makes it work. I'd argue he's not on screen that much. 
Yeah. 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 I agree. Uh, he had his yep. movie already and it wasn't good. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, I, this, this I, was I, one of my favorite Marvel movies. I think I really enjoyed this movie. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's quite it's good. If you found this review to be quite good, then, uh, Head on over to patreon.com to see what else we do. We do a lot. If you're new to us, um, that's a great way to find a lot of our exclusive content and the the more that we do. But there's so much out there on top of the Patreon, patreon.com slash the comics pals. We have a live show that we do. We have two live shows that we do every week. The main show is on Saturday at 10, 15 a.m. Eastern. That's where we talk about the comic book industry. We talk about movie news and things like that. Um, and then on Thursdays, we actually review comics. So that's Saturdays at 10, 15 a.m. Eastern, live on YouTube and Twitch. Thursdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, also live on YouTube and Twitch for our review show called Pals Pulls. We have a Discord server you can join as well. For everything else you might be interested in at the Comics Pals, you'll find everything you need there. Thank you so much for watching. We really appreciate it. What did you think of the movie? Let us know in the comments below. Like this video if you're watching this on YouTube. Share it, subscribe, all that good junk. Thank you so much for watching. We'll see you guys in the next one. Take care, guys. See you next film.